Hey everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu and I am your host, and today we're joined by a very special guest, Mr. Brendan Topleon. Brendan, how's it going today, man? Good. Praise God. I can't complain. The weather's finally cooling down a little bit, so praise God. <laughs> I've been to San Antonio three times in the last two years, and two of those times were in the summer, and man, I, I feel for you, bro. It's, <laughs> yes, it's you humid, do. it's hot, it's mosquitoes, it's it's all of the above. Yeah, it is. And for us, cooling down means the temperature drops by like two degrees, and we're grateful for that. We'll take it. <laughs> as long as I don't wake up in the morning, walk outside, and it's like, like 95 degrees with 80% humidity, I'm okay. I'm thankful. You know, I've, I've learned to appreciate the the good things in life, but um, I'm glad that you're, you're joining uh, me here uh, this, this uh, afternoon, I guess I can say. Yeah. And I'm excited yeah, for the conversation we're going to have. It's going to be, it's going to be fruitful. It's going to be exciting. And I think it's going to be beneficial for all the listeners out there, uh, especially yeah, those absolutely. who are a little more closely related to the topic that we're going to uh, talk about. But before we do that, um, I do have a couple of announcements to make uh, for you guys out there, for the listeners, uh, just their standard stuff. We have the um, the Instagram at the Potter's House where you can follow us for the most up-to-date uh, things. Uh, all the updates will be up there if you want to check that out and give it a follow. Uh, we're also available for streaming, most notably on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And like I say, every single episode, if you do listen to us, on Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone, please go down to that purple app, uh, scroll down, tap the stars, leave a written review because it really helps with the exposure of the show. And I have one individual who just did this uh, this past week, and I'm going to read his review. Uh, this is from D. Badalitza, uh, a.k.a. Dennis. Thank you, Dennis, for writing this review. And he starts it off uh, with a subject line of 10 out of 10. And this is the review. It says, top podcast I've ever listened to. Marcus knows the Bible and can convey it to the audience in a way that can't be matched by anyone. While I appreciate that, Dennis, uh, maybe in your opinion, but we'll see. I appreciate that, Dennis. So, and he, and he continues <laughs> to man. say uh, he has a very bright future in sharing the gospel and testimonies of the world through this platform. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, bro. Um, hope you're settling in uh, well in, in Florida. I hope the world was allowed to know that because I just announced it to them. Uh, but thank you. I appreciate it. And for those of you guys who have not writ, uh, you know, written a review yet, please do so because um, you'll, you'll get me blushing over here uh, reading these. So I appreciate it very much. And uh, last but not least, we have the website, uh, thepottershouse.com, where you can reach us. Uh, for now, is just the, um, the shirt orders, those long sleeves for the um, upcoming T4T trip. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to announce this, so I'm not going to, but there is something in the works. I've talked to Ruth about this, but I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but basically, the funds that we raise, the proceeds, the profits from the last fundraiser is going to go to that directly. Uh, again, I'm going to talk to her first before I say anything because I don't know if it's supposed to be said. Uh, but just keep in mind that all of that work that you guys put in is going to uh, a great use. So thank you guys for that. So that's it for the um, reviews, the the housekeeping stuff, all the announcements. Uh, let's get back to let's get back to our guest here really quick. Uh, so Brennan, for the people yes, out sir. there who don't know you, um, why don't you uh, just introduce yourself a bit, just in yeah, a few words, few minutes, whatever, whatever you want to tell people, go go right ahead. 
Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody. It's a super honor to be here. Marcus, you're the man. And I'm, I'm super <laughs> honored to be a part of this. So God bless you uh, for inviting me. Uh, but I'm Brendan. Uh, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I'm in the military. Um, I'm active duty. I've been active duty for over four years. Uh, but besides that, I'm from San Antonio and I have the privilege of serving uh, in the leadership here at the San Antonio Church. So it's been a super awesome experience. As many of you know, San Antonio is a giant melting pot. As my brother was just telling me, uh, no one's from San Antonio. <laughs> We're all like settled here from random parts of America. So I like to say San Antonio is like the best parts of America, but that's might be a little bias on my part. <laughs> you definitely took a lot of a lot of good people from from good places, but uh, that's what I hear. That's what I. It's hear. encouraging. No, I I love the fact that you have a such a growing and thriving community, and you can really see the the hand of God not only um, in your church community, but uh, how He's working through your members in that city in that in that part of texas so god bless you guys man it's exciting yeah all to glory to god man it is crazy to see because a lot of us grew up together so it's funny because we're like childhood best friends and it's like wow nobody would have thought that god would do such great things from a, a group of youth that used to meet in like a small room you know what god has done only only he could have done so praise god <laughs> so we talked about transplants in san antonio uh where are you originally from as far as states go I claim San Antonio because I moved here when I was eight, but I, I started in Michigan, funny enough. I grew up in Bethesda, but I moved when I was eight years old. So I guess I, I can't claim it as much as I want to because Michigan is so beautiful and there's a lot of great people over there, but I would say Texas is my home. Well, <laughs> yeah, especially nowadays, uh, Texas is definitely a, a good place to um, start your life. So that that's great. Um, so, yeah, Brenda, you, you mentioned one thing, and this is, this is going to kind of be the topic, talking point of, uh, of our conversation today. Uh, you mentioned that you're in the military. And uh, yes, for those of you guys who are listening to this episode, obviously, we haven't we haven't said it yet, but you have read the title of the episode. So we are going to talk about anxiety. Um, and we're going to talk about some firsthand experiences that you've had, uh, in, in your workplace, but yeah, uh, why don't you talk to us about, uh, the whole military experience and how you got there? Uh, what's the story behind it? Just because it's, it's, especially in our community, it's such a unique thing Yeah, and no, career choice and career path. And, uh, we want, we want to hear all about it. So how, how did that come to be? Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I, I guess as many of you probably know, Texas is a very patriotic state. Uh, and so when I moved down here, that was like a huge theme throughout Texas, uh, especially in San Antonio. For those of you who don't know, San Antonio is like five military bases. So you're like exposed all the time to military members. I don't know, something was always so attractive about that lifestyle. Uh, and so <laughs> senior year, I remember I, I presented the idea to my mom. And of course she was like, oh my gosh, Brennan, are you sure you might go die? You know, everybody has like that <laughs> idea what the military is going to be like, that I'll always be in, in the, in the Middle East. Uh, but no, by the grace of God, it worked out perfectly. Um, yeah. And so I joined when I was 17, crazy enough. I, and I, I left this summer after graduating high school. And so I've been in ever since over four years. And it so where did you, a, yeah. No, I was gonna say, where did you go? So when you left for basic so training, <laughs> you ready for a funny story? So check this out. Yes. So I joined because I thought that I was going to be like traveling the world. So I was so excited. I had my fair share of San Antonio or so I thought, right? God has a funny way of doing stuff. Uh, and so I joined and crazy enough, the basic training for military. So you have to go to basic training for about two months and you have to like residentially live on base. And like, you guys have heard the stories of how basic training is, right? Getting yelled at all the time. Like no phones, old, no communication. Exactly. Only yeah. letters. Right. So it was like old, old school days. Um, but yeah, so basic training was here in San Antonio. I couldn't get any visitors, which kind of made it a little more awkward because 
like I was literally home, you know, like I, I, as weird as this sounds, like I was breathing the same air as so many people that I loved, but I, it was like, I was in a different universe, like a completely different universe. And that's, so that kind of, that was a little rough, um, but it was just two months. And then crazy enough, once I selected the job that we're going to talk about, once I was selected to be a, a mental health technician, my training was in San Antonio again <laughs> for about five months. So I have been active duty military for over four years and I have not left this city one time which is a miracle. <laughs> That's definitely like God's keeping you in San Antonio, man. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not, it's just, yeah, it's not a coincidence. Definitely not a coincidence. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. As much as, and it's funny. Cause I, I did not want to be here, but God is so faithful. And now I'm so grateful. I love the city more than I ever have. So God is good. Absolutely. And, um, so did you, you talked about now that you, you kind of got involved with the, with the mental health aspect of the military, but was that the initial plan from the, from the get-go at age 17? Were you, were you planning on, <laughs> you know, were, were, was the plan like to go overseas and like shoot some people or like, what, what yeah, was your, yeah. what was your process, your thought process right. going into that? So I'm about to be transparent and expose the military a little bit. So when you first join, you go to a recruiter and they're like the greatest salesman in, in America, right? They're trying to sell you the idea of joining the military. Obviously they give you minimal information. So it sounds super attractive without any of the catches of being in the military, but they have this funny sign right at the door, right? It's like this really attractive, like strong, big guy, like practically captain America. And the air force is like pride position is called a pararescue man. And so they just, they're the ones who jump out of an airplane right? And rescue down and like go save people like in war zones. And so everybody wants to do that. Um, and so I, I pull up and I'm super excited. I want to join the military. And this recruiter is like, you know what, man, you look just like that guy. And he's like, you could do this. And I felt so special. And I was like, dude, maybe this is my calling to be a pair rescue man. I leave and I talk to a couple of my buddies who also went to go see him. And it turns out that's his pitch to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So my, my original intention was like, man, I'm going to go be one of those dudes and Obviously, God knew that I did not have what it took. So praise God that he prevented me from trying. Because the scary part is that if you do try to go down that route of being like a pararescue man, I think like 90% of the people who attempt fail. And if you fail that course, then the Air Force is allowed to place you wherever they want. And so you literally have basically no say for the rest of your future in the military. So thank God I avoided that by prayer. Uh, I avoided that trap and I got to do what I wanted to do. Well, kind of building off that that analogy of Captain America, um, I think he was <laughs> sold on the idea too, and he ended up doing some like like propaganda theater work instead of actually fighting. For yeah, the there first we go. Part of yeah, so he like <laughs> he even he like a super soldier didn't get to they didn't get to live his dream until he actually uh, acted on it. But yeah. um, so you're there, you're you're in basic training. Um, Let's spend a little more time on this. What was like the hardest part about it? Just because like I, I I haven't had a lot of I don't think I've yeah. had, I've ever had any military people. Uh, what's what was like the hardest part? What were the things that you kind of dreaded the most uh, in those few, first few years? Yeah, no, I so I, I definitely think that God allowed it. I think something that was funny. So before I joined, a lot of my buddies know this. I was a very uh, I was kind of a bum. I don't also say it. I was not a very organized kid. Um, I had a lot of jobs before, and so I didn't really do my research before I joined. I just straight up joined. Uh, and with that, so I told you, I didn't, I didn't join to be a pararescue man because I, I obviously understood that I didn't have what it took most likely. And I didn't want to go down that route. And so what I did is I went in open general. And so what that means is that basically you go in and there's like, as opposed to the Air Force giving you whatever job they want you to, I had like a set range of at least comfortable jobs that I knew I could have. 
but I didn't know what it was going to be. So basically I kind of joined blind, which was a little ignorant <laughs> in retrospect, uh, but I just jumped in. And I think God allowed it that way though, because I, I didn't have a lot of expectations. But when I actually went, so part of the Air Force training is like a lot of psychological um, pressure. And so they're always trying to remind you of the unknown, always telling you that you don't have control of your future. And they want to stress you out to see if you have what it takes to kind of like join the military and, you know, be a high functioning person and like benefit the service. And so I was constantly being told by like my like, you know, like the military leaders, how you see like in the movies with those hats and they're always yelling at you. Yeah. Like I was always being told like airman top lean, like you don't or trainee top lean at that time. Uh, like you don't know where you're going. You have no power over your life. Like we're going to control the next parts of your life. Say goodbye to your family. Uh, you're going to be like in the desert. They were they were going off, man. <laughs> and they wanted us to be afraid. But in all reality, for like about two months of training, because I didn't find out what my job was to like the very end of basic training. And so it was like, literally, I think in that period, I learned to rest in the Lord and have faith. Cause I was like, Lord, my life is in your hands. I was a little ignorant. <laughs> I joined without really knowing what my future was going to look like. And now I have faith that you allowed this. And so it was like every night praying like, Lord, I don't want to be separated from my family for four years. At this time I had met my wife. Uh, we were about to get engaged, but I was like, Lord, I know that I just met the girl that you prepared for me. Like, is this really your will for me to be separated from her for so long? And so like night by night, I was praying, reading the word and like kind of learning to depend on him and not what my eyes or my ears understood, but, you know, having faith that that makes sense. So that was difficult, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like having that threat of not seeing the people in your life for that long, I, I'm sure not only does it put a psychological toll on you, but it almost discouraged you from kind of pursuing that. And then, like you said, yeah. especially in, in your relationship, you were asking God, God, is this your will? Am I going to put this off? You know, I'm not, yeah. because... Because I'm not going to be in this relationship for four years because that's unhealthy and not really according to your will. So w exactly. what do you want? So it's it's, it's kind of discouraging and it kind of makes you ask a lot of questions. But at the same time, like you said, it forces you to put your full trust in God, which I think exactly. is great. Yeah, because there was no like as much like I didn't have I didn't have my pastor, you know, I didn't have like the people that I usually went to to like get advice and wisdom from. It took three days to get a response by letter uh, if I got lucky. And so it was like legit like praise God, but it was like, Lord, you're teaching me that you're all I need in life because literally I just have you right now. So it was a cool experience. It was a cool experience. <laughs> now, how did, so how, you, you went from this and you said that you kind of figured out your position after basic training or at yes, the sir. end of it. Um, how did, how did that door open up with, with, uh, with the whole mental health, uh, aspect? How did, how did that come, how did yeah. that come to be? No, that's a great question, honestly. So they gave us like a list of jobs that they thought we would fit. And I always wanted medical jobs. And I originally wanted a job that like entailed more of like kind of like nursing duties, because uh, I wanted a more hands on like clinical approach. Because uh, that was always my end goal was kind of to transfer into a more medical job and the military was going to be a stepping stone. Uh, but I remember mental health was like one of the options. And I was like, man, like, this would be a super cool opportunity, you know, to serve in a way that I, and I love listening to people. And I, I just thought maybe I'd just take a shot at it. So I put it as one of the jobs that I was interested in. And about a week later, I got an interview. And so I was pulled aside by my leadership and they're like, hey, you need to go take these psychological exams. And so I had to go get interviewed, take all these psychological exams to see if I was a weirdo or not. And praise God, I passed. So <laughs> something something's going right there. So, but yeah, so at the end of the experience, they're like, hey, you got selected for this job. And honestly, Marcus, I had like zero idea what the job was going to entail. They didn't tell us anything. I literally just saw the title. And so my imagination was like running rampant with what I was going to be doing. <laughs> but just I knew mental health. So. <laughs> 
So now that you figured out what that, that was actually my next question. So what is, what is, what does the job entail? Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, so because what, what do you actually do? How do you, how do you, um, how is it incorporated in the military? Because if you ask some, like in layman's terms or some average yeah, Joe on the streets, when they think military, they think guns, bombs, and Afghanistan. Those are like the three <laughs> yeah. words that pop to pop in mind. But how, what absolutely. is, what does your job entail and how is that integrated in the military? Yeah, it's, it, that's a great question, honestly. And it, it's a lot more civilized than I thought it would be. Just like you said, you know, like I, I thought the same predisposed to think like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get like extreme PTSD cases. Uh, but the truth is I just work here in San Antonio on a military base. I work in a military hospital. And so we see dependents, which means like people who are just married to a military member, I see retirees. So I see people throughout all walks of life. And basically my role is I'll, I'm like administration. So I'll pick up phones and stuff like that. That's like how, how to how my career started is like administration tests that nobody really wants to do front desk duties. Uh, but once you kind of prove yourself, then you can kind of start doing therapy. And so it got to the point when like probably like four or five times a week patients, we have something called triage. And so a triage is when a patient is having suicidal thoughts or in like an acute state of mind, which means like they're mentally unstable. And so they come to our clinic because they don't know where else to go. And so basically I was like the first line of sight. So I would, just do eyes on, we call it. And so I'd get all the information about what they were going through. Uh, and that opened a lot of doors for ministry and for me to understand kind of how the real world works, you know, kind of get out of my shell of my own mentality of how pure and innocent the world was to see what really goes on, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. And, um, you know, based on our conversation we had um, a couple of weeks ago, um, you mentioned that anxiety was rampant uh, yes, amongst yes. the patients that you've seen and the cases that you've heard and, and, and treated basically. Yes. Um, so what, what, before we like kind of talk about it clinically and spiritually and, and all that, um, based off your experience, how would you define if, if, if someone asked you, someone bumped into you on the street, asked you to define the word anxiety, how would you define it from, from based off your life and, and professional yeah, that's experience. A, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, so I think because of obviously entertainment, kind of like how we talked about, there's a misperception of like military, right? Yeah. The same way there's a misperception um, about anxiety. So anxiety does not mean that you have doubt or that you have like a anxious feeling in your heart for like a day or two. Anxiety is like a chronic state, which means like a long state of like uneasiness, fear of the future, fear of the unknown. And so when it comes to stuff like anxiety, people can struggle with it, but like the pure sense of what it means is that it disturbs, it comes to a point when it disturbs your life. And that's what anxiety is, is like a chronic state of your life being disturbed because of the fear of the unknown, the fear of the future. And that can manifest physically, uh, whether it be like, you know, the, the classic case of like a panic attack, as probably many of us have experienced, uh, or just fear, you know, constant thoughts and worries about what the future could bring. That was kind and of I a think, long answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that was actually like right on point. What I was thinking about how, like, I love the the point that you made that it's it's to the point where it disturbs your life, your well being, exactly. your lifestyle. Yes. And I, I think the best way to kind of compare it to is like, like for example, depression. We've all experienced moments of deep sadness and 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 yes. deep a lot of grief, but depression is more so like it's more defined as. Once that is, it, it, you sulk in it, and then it, it disturbs your life and your well-being and your, exactly. and your mental health. And it kind of, yes. like, it, it basically messes with it. It gets in the way. It's an obstacle. Yes. 
Yes. Like beyond like the normal, just like you said, man, you said it perfectly, like beyond like the more normal standard of what most people mourn or like struggle with. Like if it goes beyond that standardized time, that's when it becomes like depression. That makes sense. Just like you said, but that's perfect, man. Exactly. So anxiety is the same thing. You know, it's beyond just what everybody experiences. It's when it starts to traumatize your life. So why do you think you've, you've seen so many cases of anxiety um, in, in your workplace with people either in the military or people who are related to people in the military um, or retired or, or whatever? Why, do, why yeah. do you think that's the case? No, that's, that's, a, that's a great question as well. So what I, what I think I've seen is that a lot of times, and this is not always the case, and this is something we'll probably talk about in a little bit, but anxiety a lot of times arises out of a situation. You know, we, we, you know, the classic term of post-traumatic stress disorder, disorder, PTSD, uh, but a lot of times anxiety comes, whether you hear a story, you know, you see people struggle with a certain thing and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, am I going to go through this similar experience? Maybe something happened in your past and you're not able to let go of that. And that haunts you. And so that's where anxiety kind of starts is like a situation or event that causes you to live in fear for the future. And so that's like so often, or hearing about something, you know? Kind of does that make sense? That's what I've seen a lot of times the origin being is someone's exposed to some idea, to some thought or some traumatic situation. And then because of that, it like in some sense haunts them, that idea or that thought. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm not going to push too much because I, I don't know if you guys are probably, you got, you got HIPAA laws over there and you're, yeah. you're not allowed to share stories. Uh, but I'm sure, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Dealing, I've heard some. I mean, yeah, not even like the. I'm not even talking about explosions and gunshots. Just like the the stress of uh, even the basic training or being in a position where you can't see loved ones. I'm sure that attributes to a lot of people's yes. uh, depreciating mental health as well. And you've probably seen plenty of those cases uh, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, if I could tell you, like, I don't want people to be turned off by the idea that because I'm working in the military, that like I won't be able to understand what they go through or that they could never like complain to me. Cause I've heard like really severe cases in all honesty, Marcus, like a lot of the cases that we hear are not even because of military associated, associated situations. People come to us because they finally realize that even before they join that something happened that they just have not made peace with. And they try to put it off for so long. Like, so currently I work in the substance abuse clinic. And so I kind of have my own patient load. Uh, it's crazy, man. Like the, the things that I hear from people, it's not nothing to do with the military. It's just life in general that caused them to live in this state of anxiety. And so we all struggle with it, military or not. You know, that's just kind of how life is. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is that this topic, topic of anxiety, um, if you're not, like in your case, in a situation where you're dealing with this and... Uh, I guess in your case, it's not as maybe won't be as evident because you've been in the workforce for a couple of years. But yeah. let's say we took someone at your position who's been um, basically working for 30 plus years. Yeah, I'm sure they can confidently say that the number of these quote unquote anxiety cases have skyrocketed in the in the last like one to two decades yes absolutely and actually studies and data prove that that is true statistics are coming out <laughs> so it's absolutely yeah. true so in in a, in a universal and general case because obviously we have like, like you mentioned not all military cases in the military it's more prevalent because you like you said ptsd but why do you think in the last 10 20 years why have we been seeing anxiety at the, at the forefront of 
every American topical sermon series? Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do we see so many statistics and articles and how to treat it? Why do we have counselors at schools always talking about it? Uh, because I remember as a kid, I mean, I didn't really hear much about it in, in maybe elementary school students don't, but I, I never heard about anxiety until until I got a little older and, and people started dealing with things. And obviously our parents' generations and, and other previous generations, uh, they, they didn't really have that resource. But why do you think universally, as, as a people, as a society, as a world, why do you think anxiety has skyrocketed over the last 5, 10, 15 years? Yeah, no. So honestly, I'll, I'll come at it from two angles. I'll give you the scientific angle first and then the spiritual angle. So based off like scientific data from psychologists, they claim that the reason that anxiety, it seems or appears that it has skyrocketed is because now people are more comfortable. It's not like as a taboo topic uh, and people are more comfortable talking about it. And so therefore they're coming to get more help with topics like that or like with situations like that, stuff like anxiety and depression. So that's why they claim that there's a rise. Uh, which could potentially be accurate. Like you kind of said, Marcus, like that's more of an available resource, most definitely in our society today, especially because we live in a bit more of a comfortable society. There's a, a little less to worry about. And then maybe let's, let's say if you look at the past century, like <laughs> how many world wars and crazy tense situations, you know, we have a little bit more free time on our hands now to deal with stuff. Uh, but I also have a theory. Um, and I, I believe reading the Bible can prove this, that because, um, because our society may be, like reverting away from God or moving away from God uh, and, you know, putting your hope in this eternal being, like putting, having a solid foundation and moving more towards like secularism, more towards like, what is the proper way to define it? Like us being our own gods, if that makes sense, like a godless society, I think because of that, because we were not made to live on our own, to depend on our own. I think that is why we're seeing a surge in mental health illnesses. I honestly do. And I, I, I've seen a trend as well at work. Uh, even interpersonal relationships, the more that people turn away from God and try to depend on themselves, the more you see the aftermath effect of people mentally cannot handle the pressures of life on their own. Yeah, because they're they're detaching, like you said, inter- interpersonal relationships, they're, they're detaching themselves from God and from other people. And while they are isolating, that doesn't mean they're keeping themselves empty. Um, yes. I would say a person 50 years ago or 100 years ago or 6,000 years ago, I mean, I, I, at any, any given day, you're just, you're sitting, you're farming, you're, you're looking yeah. at the sky and that's it. <laughs> now, and let's look at these, this past year, let's look at uh, all the BLM riots, let's look at all the protests, let's look at all this, this, this COVID nonsense and, 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 and all this <laughs> yeah. vaccine stuff. I mean, people are more detached from from society and from other people, from interpersonal relationships, but they're filling their minds not with God's word, but with so much junk, exactly. and so that's, much propaganda, awesome. and so much so many triggers that they're they're just getting engulfed in in this wave of anxiety. And and yes. I don't know how we can expect to live any other way if that's what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah, and that that's the problem. I you said that honestly, amazingly. Like that's the problem with moving away from God is so often people. You know, like how the enemy is like the prodigal son, right? It seems nice for a season, but you like God knows the consequences of our sin beyond what our minds can comprehend. That's why he sent sin last generations, right? And I think we're seeing the effects of that, right? Moving away from the Lord, just as you said. Instead, we have no gauge of what truth is. 
And truth is what gives us peace because our truth is God. But if you don't have a solid foundation, like you said, you have all this misinformation, all this tenseness in our country, all this tenseness in the world, especially with what just happened in Afghanistan. And it's like, how do they find peace on their own efforts? <laughs> At a certain point in life, we all understand how fragile life is and that we really don't have power over it. And without God, there's really no way to cope with that. And that's what I deal with is a lot of people cope through alcohol, through different sins of the world, you know, different pleasures just to kind of mask it for a season. But without Christ, it's, it's pretty impossible. It is impossible, actually. So what you just said, that that makes total sense for, for people in the world, right? And and, and from a Christian perspective, if, if someone who's a believer is listening to this, they're like, okay, that makes sense. People who live in the world, secular people who don't have God or, or don't want nothing to do with God, because of all this mis- misinformation and this this overflow of of information, yeah. um, of especially like like non godly things, you know, in, input yeah, equal output, uh, and they're they're turning to to substance abuse or or yes. these other addictions to kind of cope with that as coping mechanisms, as you know, instead of turning to Christ. Obviously, that makes sense from from a worldly perspective. But yeah, let's 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 shine the light and let's turn let's turn our attention to the church because. Yes. We still have, and I, I'm just gonna say this, like a lot <laughs> yeah. of, because I don't have data or statistics, but I'm gonna, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of people in the church today in America. Let's just limit to limit, limit to America. Yeah. Who young people, I would say, who are dealing with a lot of, I mean, old people too. We call it a midlife crisis when it's when they're old people. We we just yeah, yeah. have tag a different name, but we have a lot of young people uh, in the church today who are experiencing this anxiety now yes. not all these young people cope the same way that the secular man does but yeah from your experience and what you've seen both in in leading in the church and working with young people uh and then obviously with with your with your professional career as well yes sir why do you think that's the case why do you think there are so many young people within the church who are who are struggling with this yeah and I, i'm happy that you like transition it like that because i don't want people to think from this point on because we talked so much about the secular that anxiety is only for secular people, that they, they will be the only ones who experience that. And I think the evidence of that fact, kind of like we talked about before, like it's a really trivial topic in the church. Um, like, do Christians struggle with mental health disorders? Do Christians struggle with anxiety? Should we? Is it sinful? I've even heard people say it's sinful. And my challenge to that, right, is the Bible says that when we rebelled in the garden, right, when I take it, we're, we're going way back, right? When we rebelled yep. in the garden, the Bible says that all creation fell, right? And so we so often associate that with just being sin, but the Bible makes it clear that all creation, i.e. the way God intended it to be, also rebelled against its original intent. And so with that, we see sickness, uh, we see chaos, you know, we see the world, you know, we see even something as simple as animals against animals. You know, I don't think the garden had any violence of any sort, and the Bible kind of makes that clear. And so in the same way, as you see sickness, the same thing is we should expect that we're not in heaven yet. And so with that, part of the downfall of creation is even mental health disorder. And I think that that's why we see people, even Christians struggle with anxiety is because yes, we're saved, we're redeemed, but we're still a part of this world and we still suffer with the things that are in this world. And that's what our hope is that one day we'll be completely connected with God and he'll save us from all those pains and those struggles. But part of that is I want people to not be afraid or to think that they're not as good of a Christian if they are struggling because the truth is biblically that that is something that that is potential to a Christian in this world today. Does that kind of make sense? Yes, and uh, because you gave me permission before this episode, yes. I'm gonna, I'm going to start playing devil's advocate right here because yes. I not, not I agree with you 100, percent but I I want to kind of Press step me. in <laughs> step in the sh- step in the shoes of a 
older conservative Eastern European, I'm not going to limit it to Romanians, but let's say an older <laughs> conservative person who is looking at these young people and maybe doesn't relate as well with these young people. And I'm, I'm going to ask questions because, um, yes, because Please I'm do. sure they have, they have these questions and hopefully we can, we can get them answered in, in some way. But okay. So you mentioned the fall of creation. We're yes. still living in this world. Okay. We have, we're Christians now. We're young people. We're living for Jesus, but because we're still in this world in, in, in our unglorified states, in our process of sanctification, wherever we yes. fall on that curve, uh, depending on where you're at in your spiritual life, but there's still room for us to struggle with mental health, such as anxiety, because we're still in this world, right? Yes. Now, from from my perspective, as this uh, gr- you know grumpy old man, and, I, and I'm looking <laughs> at this um, on the outside, I would say, well, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit is now residing in the in this temple that we call our bodies. Yeah. Why? Yep. And then and they're probably thinking there's no room for for things like mental health mental health is something for people who are either a in the world or b living in sin or or c filling themselves with just a bunch of garbage and junk that this world has to offer and then they'll basically not accept that a christian can deal with this or or basically kind of dismiss the young people who are dealing with this because they're not living fully for jesus and they'll kind of mistreat them in a sense or misdiagnose them in a sense and kind of have a you know, anoint, their, their anointing faith. with oil. Yeah. An anointing yes. with oil on a Thursday night <laughs> if they're, if yes. they just confess to a little bit of anxiety. So how would you address, uh, that perspective from, from someone yeah. looking from the outside in? Well, I, no, I, I, I just want to like, you know, give grace, um, because to that grumpy old man, uh, I'm just joking to that elder. I would say that I, I also shared with those ideas when I first came to the faith, right? Like Christians should never struggle, especially mentally, you know, like God has sanctified us, in uh, our mental state should be one of the first things to become firm, a firm foundation. Uh, uh, but that, that, that conversation or that argument kind of crumbles when you enter the word of God. Uh, and I say that because there's just, a, it's just a prevalent amount of Bible, uh, Bible characters or people in the Bible uh, that struggled with anxiety, struggle with depression. And I actually, I have like a, a little uh, army of verses here that can prove that point. I mean, if we look at somebody like David, right? David was definitely a man of God. The Bible says that, yes, he was pre the Holy Spirit filling us as a temple, pre like the sacrifice of Jesus, right? But the Bible still tells us the Holy Spirit came upon him when he was anointed as king. Um, so we can still look to him for answers when it comes to this question. Uh, and if you look at like, I'm going to read Psalms 13 to you here. Uh, and again, David knew the Lord. He walked with the Lord. So how dare he say stuff like this, right? How does this fit that argument? How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with, with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And it's like, hey, like, these are words that we preach from, right? These, this is the Bible. Everything is inspired by the word of God. Like, how do you, how do you, like, verify that? Like, how do you justify those verses without declaring that Christians will struggle mentally? You know, David was a good man. Yes, he had his flaws, but the Lord loved David. You know, he was a man after God's own heart. So how could he have those thoughts? And my argument is because he's human. I think he's because he's human. You know, he struggles as humans, uh, and Marcus, you can, if I'm talking too much, you can please feel, feel free to interrupt. Or please talk interject. more. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like as humans, right, we're flawed. And this is something that should cause us to be humbled is that sometimes, and I talk about this a lot uh, with a lot of young people, it's like so often we're told this weird theology that we need to know all the answers. Uh, but I'd argue that the Bible almost goes against that because that takes away from the act of faith. 
you know, faith so often is when you don't have the answers and maybe your emotions or your attitude is not aligned with what, how God wants you to be obedient. But faith is what, even if you don't feel like it, you still continue to worship. You still continue to be obedient to the Lord, no matter what your eyes and your ears can see. And that's why people love David is because even though we know David was struggling, he was going through some tough seasons. The Bible says for about 10 years as he was running away from Saul, uh, he went through some stuff that probably a lot of us cannot imagine. And he was struggling. Uh, and that's very acceptable. And that's understandable. So in his struggle, though, this is the proof that he's still a believer. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And so it's like, it's funny because it's almost like, I not was it oxymoron, right? Because on one verse, he's saying like, Lord, where are you? And the next one, he's saying, you've been good to me. And it's like, that is the faith of a Christian. Yes, Christians struggle. And so this is my affirmation to any of those Christians. And I have a couple of stories out there, what, what it looks like if you're a Christian in our world today to struggle with anxiety. But if you have these thoughts, please don't think that you're like, what's it called? Like just the worst of the worst that you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The fact is, and what the Bible makes clear is that we are human. But when those thoughts come, when you struggle with that, who do you turn to? And what, what is your actions after that? I think that really reveals uh, our faith in Jesus. But that's part, of, that's part of the downfall of creation, you know. And the part of the sanctification, as you said, Brother Marcus, is like, what do we do from this point on? We believe that Jesus is, re- like that, that word that I love that's coming about nowadays, regeneration. You know, like he's leading us to be like him. And that's a process that occurs while we live on this earth. And that's part of it. And that's, as you probably know, like that's, there's many more verses like that in Psalms where he's crying out to the Lord in complete desperation. Does, does David have a lack of faith? I don't think so. I think he's human. What do you think? <laughs> no, that's a good point. I'm convinced, man. I'm, 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 I'm pro-youth now. <laughs> English sermons every Sunday. Let's do it. <laughs> um, you, but no, that's a good point. That's uh, And we look at other people. We look at Jeremiah, who was just like a yes you can yes. look at it he's like emotional wreck the whole time and he was like yeah. he, he did he seemed like he didn't have a lot of peace but god was with him at all all the times and and uh you know elijah as well and you know all these guys um who who had to deal with with israel just being attacked from every corner like every yes. 50 years by a different enemy or the same enemy or whatever so there were, there were a lot of people who, who experienced a lot of different things yes. and i personally like like we were like you were just saying i don't believe that uh, it's it's not like God gave them gave them over. If we're if we're if we're referencing Romans one here, it was God yeah. was with them, and because they're human, they have sometimes they have these thoughts, and they just become scared and unsure and uncertain about certain things in their future. And then now they have to be reminded and 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 recognize why they don't need to have those fears and why they can put their trust in the Lord. Exactly, and that's why exactly. I think that's why I think we need to read the Bible every single day because Amen. even we're, we don't stop being believers if we miss a day in our in our daily reading plan. Yeah. But if we miss a day in our daily reading plan, maybe we'll we'll have a thought that kind of lingers too long and kind of uh just kind of messes with our day and kind of Amen. Uh, yes. disturbs our lifestyle. That doesn't mean that yes. we're we're separated from God. Uh obviously we know that the iniquities in our life bring separation to God. Isaiah yes. fifty nine two, but but it's the blood of Jesus that is redemptive that brings us that that Amen. kind of bridges that gap between us and God. So I like like you said, I hundred percent agree with that. I think yeah, we need to create a space where, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, where yes. people can kind of feel welcome and they're encouraged to kind of bring those thoughts forward. Yeah, like, like the Bible says, take every thought captive and then share it with someone, confess it. I think those are like 
two very important things when we're dealing with stuff in our minds. Take every thought captive, confess it either before the Lord or especially before the Lord, but then also to uh, to a very trusted uh, brother or sister in Christ. Yes. Uh, but yeah, yeah go I've, off. My, you're the man, Marcus. You know that? I love this. Praise God. It's hallelujah. so true, man. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. No, but I think, I think you made a good point. Um, and you can, you can, if we want to transition to another point, you just let me know. But like, I think that as Christians, for some reason, we've gained this weird mentality or philosophy that the material world is dangerous or sinful, right? And so you made such a good point when you brought up one of my favorite stories in the Bible about Elijah, right? You know, when he, when praise God, he went off by the Holy Spirit on Mount Carmel, right? And he, God revealed his power in an amazing way. One of the craziest part about that story, I remember the first time I read it, I was like just mind boggled because Elijah witnesses God do this amazing miracle that I, I'd argue nobody has seen in, since those times, right? Uh, and then what happens, what happens, Marcus, after he gets off the mountain? What happens? Remember? <laughs> it gets a little cranky, you know? And, and, yeah, he does. And then, and then his solution is to eat and take a nap. You know, we've seen all those memes. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's like people don't understand, like, First off, so he gets off the mountain and then God gives him this supernatural ability to become the flash for a little bit. And he like runs miles. But for those of you who, who don't know, which, which is perfectly fine. And if you have time, please read. Um, but Elijah is then threatened by Jezebel. And Jezebel is the evil queen at the time. And she was so threatened that, that Elijah successfully by God's will killed all the Baal worshipers and the Baal priests and kind of brought Israel back to revival, which threatened her whole agenda. Um, and she just promised that she was going to kill him. Like, I think I forgot what the time frame was. It was like, like two days. She was going to declare that he was going to die over her dead body. Basically, she used some strong words. And so it's like Elijah seeing God do this is so humbling, but also kind of like exciting for us as Christians. Elijah seeing God do this amazing miracle, witnessing such amazing things. But then the next day becoming so afraid so doubtful and thinking lord i'm gonna die remember what he doesn't he say like i wish i was dead like my yeah, jealous of my yeah. ancestors a little, little suicidal yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no he does and it's something for us to be honest about and it's like whoa but god still loved elijah i do think that god was a little upset with how elijah reacted um but the bible makes it clear that that god himself and all his wisdom said elijah get some sleep and then when elijah woke up he fed elijah right and it's like we need to understand that as christians right there, there's beauty in God's creation, right? So there's nothing wrong, as you said, Marcus, like find someone that you can trust in and you can put your confidence in and have a conversation. Get yourself in the word of God and then find someone that you can interpret and speak to it about because that's where really that like materialism manifests and like you got you get to wrestle with somebody and find a confidence in the word of God. But it's, it's, so, it's these practical steps that we're afraid of. You know, we think so often that God's hand has to be just Mount Carmel, like extreme exposure. And that is beautiful and that is amazing. And it is part of our faith, right? We're, we believe in the Holy Spirit. But another part of the faith is that we're still on this earth and that God can still move through something as simple as eating the right meal or getting rest. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, and it's crazy because, like you said, we have the great miracle over the, before the prophets of Baal. And then the couple of days where he just freaks out yeah. and then like a simple solution. And, 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 it, and it's, exactly. it's just crazy how all of that happened, you know, within, within that time frame. Um, but yes. you were mentioning, you, you mentioned something a little before, which I think would be kind of interesting. You said something along the lines of uh, like how, like what's a perspective of a Christian kind oh, of a Christian example, a Christian example. Yeah. Cause a lot of people think yes, like, sir. oh, I have to be like having a panic attack in order to deal with anxiety or, oh, I have to be like, like, like high on some certain drug or I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know like who knows but what is a yes. christian example 
of a Christian example of someone who's going through anxiety, like how, how yeah. so, just so people can relate to, cause Absolutely. maybe they can't relate to the drug addict or not everyone, but yes. what, what's a relatable uh, example that you can provide? No, absolutely. And I think, praise God for this story, honestly. It was somebody that I love and that I respect and honestly, one of the mentors in my life. Um, and he went through a season. So basically, he's a very wise man, awesome man. Um, I'm not going to disclose because that's history. Sure, to sure, tell, but I can still, I got permission. So basically, uh, on the onset of COVID, I think about a year ago, he got hit pretty hard. And so for some reason, the way that he reacted is he was sick, but then also for some reason, it disturbed his sleep. And so for legit, he did not sleep for like two days, two or three days in a row. And for those of you who don't know, like sleep is an intricate part of being a human being. Like you need sleep. Like I, you can be the most confident person on the planet, miss a night of sleep and see, see how good of a person you are. It, it's, it's just the truth. That's how God designed us to humble us. And so poor, poor guy, he missed a couple of days of sleep, which was extremely traumatic. And he actually ended up having to go to the ER uh, for them to induce sleep, like literally to put him under to get some rest. And he was an amazing man of God. He didn't, for those of you wondering if he committed any sin, God was punishing him. It was nothing like that. Uh, it was just to seize him in his life. And I do believe that God actually warned him that something was coming. Um, and so that happened, right? And the onset of that or the consequences was that he began to associate sleep in his bed with that traumatic experience that happened. And so every time he'd get in bed, he'd tell me that his, his blood pressure would like immediately start, like start racing. And like Marcus, like legit, man, he told me that like for months he was struggling, but it's like, how does that fit in our Christian agenda? For those of you who say like prayed away, if you have enough faith, it will go away. Like this was a firm believer, somebody that has like honestly raised me in the faith. And so I was struggling with this person. Like, how is this possible on a biblical standpoint? Like, how is this possible? But it's the truth of like real life, man. Like he had a traumatic experience and it affected his body. And it's like, is he a worse Christian than me because I don't experience that same anxiety. It was physical anxiety. Every time he got in his bed, every time he even tried to sleep, his blood pressure would start rising. And it happened from a traumatic situation. But like the, the reality is, is it's not just one of those circumstances. And sometimes there is, you know, our God is awesome. He's got a miracles. And when he chooses to do that, he chooses to do that to touch and then to be healed in a moment. But in this circumstance, God allowed him to struggle like that. And so for months, he was getting like an average of four hours of sleep. He was struggling and it was a tough season in his life. I believe that God used it to produce beauty. Um, but it was like, it was like for me, evidence of like a good man of God, a wise man of God that God allowed them to, and I don't people to be afraid of this, right? God is not out there trying to allow us to go through tough circumstances just cause, right? It produced a lot of beauty in his life and fruit. But the truth was, it was it was a literal struggle with anxiety to the to the core, like literal anxiety so that kind of and like it affected his life. But by God's grace, the resolution of the story is God is so faithful and he, he's learned so much from that experience. He's sleeping amazing and he's a better man for it. He's a better man for it, for sure. Praise God. That's awesome. Yeah. Does that so kind of make sense? Like real yeah, world? It does. But what, so one quick question was the. So it was after this, this guy got COVID, um, yeah. after, after he was, you know, negative and whatever, and not sick anymore. Uh, just the traumatic experience of being sick with that, with the virus kind of attributed to the, is I, that what so you're saying? That's like one of our theories. I think honestly, what the doctor said, cause they, I guess it was something that like kind of was new with COVID. Um, cause you know, COVID is such a strange thing. Um, but they said that basically like it could have been directly because of COVID. That's kind of how it could have affected his body physiologically. Like he just could not sleep 
and we don't really know why. There's a, a, a number of reasons why that could have happened. But the doctors say that they think it was because he had COVID. Like that was physically while he had COVID, he experienced that, that situation. Um, and so because of a real world circumstance that was out of his control, that led to complete mental battle. You know, he didn't have COVID anymore, yet he was still struggling with sleeping. And the doctors made it clear he was completely healthy. And so it was just a mental battle. And so he, he battled for months. But yeah, any questions you have for me? Because it's a, it's a profound story. And I have a couple other examples, but that, that's like a good one for me because he was a person that like fears the Lord, an amazing man of God. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. saw him experience that. And Especially for me, honestly, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, honestly, Marcus, for me, I was like, Lord, does this make any sense? Like, because it honestly kind of challenged my theology a little bit or my perspectives. Like, why can't he just pray it away? Because for me, it's like fear of like, oh my gosh, I thought Christians were like protected from this kind of stuff, you know? But that's not the truth. You know, we struggle in this world, but Christ is our answer. And he's the one who allows our character to be tested so that we can persevere. No, that's encouraging because it's a man who's in the faith, who's actively serving. He's there. He believes the truths that we see in scriptures. And then something like this can happen as a test or a trial, not only to not only for God's glory, but to kind of refine and strengthen his faith in God and also be used as a testimony for other people, not only for, for like you personally or the people in your community last year, but yes. for for example, if, if someone randomly listens to this episode, hears that, and, and, and it is affirmed because maybe they're uh, living faithfully, and as soon as they're dealing with something mentally, they start to doubt themselves. Like God, is it is it me? Am I doing something wrong? Is yes, you know, they start they start like not having you know, God forbid, the assurance of salvation. They start to question that as well. So yes. especially in our yeah, community, exactly. we have a lot of that uh, going around. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, sure. that's good. That's that, that, uh, that, that happened. And I think it's very encouraging. Uh, yes, but, uh, I'll let you like, if you want to mention the other ones as well, go for it too. Cause I think, yeah. I think a lot of people have come from like a wide spectrum of, of perspectives. Yeah. If you're comfortable. And I think that we'll finally be able to, for those of you who are wondering if it's a spiritual aspect as well, you know, the supernatural, I believe a hundred percent, you know, the devil can incite us to have fear and anxiety. I'll give you an example. I had a good friend as well. And I, I, in ministry, I, I deal with this a lot of a lot of uh, younger people who have not yet met their significant other. Um, I had a good friend who experienced some traumatic childhood experiences. And because of that, um, they didn't trust men as much. Um, and in general, they just were kind of turned off from the idea of marriage. And so they kind of put it off for a couple of years. Um, and then by God's grace, he healed their heart. Um, and then they were interested. But the devil started to whisper lies in my friend's ear telling her that it was too late, telling her that nobody would, you know, like kind of stuff like that, whispering mm-hmm. those lies in her ear. Um, and I believe it was the attack of the enemy. And by prayer and by fasting, by reading the word, like we talked about, she was able to overcome that. The question of whether or not it takes time, I think is a big thing. Does it just happen overnight? Maybe for my friend, it did not. It was a walk of faith. And I, I believe personally that God allowed that in my friend's life because it really taught her to lean on the Lord and it really produced fruit in her relationship with God. Um, does it, and again, I don't want to make anybody afraid. It doesn't mean that we're all just going to randomly get anxiety. The Lord knows how to move in all of our lives. Um, but on a spiritual note as well, the devil, of course, will incite anxiety. He'll, of course, incite fear. You know, he's the father of lies. And a lot of times anxiety is built on the foundation of fear and lies. And it, it's it, the truth is that's why it's so important to find people that you have mentored or people that can mentor you, people that you can speak life with so they can correct our negative thoughts. And even pray for us, you know, correct our thoughts that are obviously not from God, but from the enemy, because the Bible makes it clear that he's, he's on the prowl, right? Does that kind of make sense as well on a spiritual note, but through prayer and fasting and reading the word, she really came out of it and it really blessed relationship with God. 
Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you said that last part because um because I was I was gonna ask like how do we as Christians because yeah obviously in in this different di- kind of different from the previous case in this case there was uh more a more evident spiritual aspect where yes, uh, yes this individual was. was was hearing or or kind of try- starting to believe certain lies that that the enemy was providing yes. um, but but what besides what you just mentioned right now what is a practical way of of you know pulling in uh in Ephesians six and, and putting on our helmet of salvation to kind of protect ourselves from from certain lies and certain things. Uh, you know, we have prayer, we have fasting. How would you yes. recommend uh practically for a young person who is dealing with certain things such as these these certain lies, these false expectations to yes. kind of get on the track to being better and, and, and just living faithfully? Yeah, no, and that's honestly an incredible question because it is a complex issue. And so a lot of times uh, we love simple answers, right? Uh, and so unfortunately, for those of you who are wanting like a simple trick or remedy to you know overcome some of your thoughts or fears, um, maybe that's possible for some of you. But for what I've learned in my own life is that it's a walk of faith with the Lord. And what I've experienced, honestly, I've experienced some anxiety and some depression in my life. Um, and what I've really learned is that to overcome those, those mental battles, learning the character in the heart of God, has just allowed me to like literally come so far in my relationship with him, you know, struggling with certain thoughts, um, th- certain life events, and, but then learning the truth of who God is. And the question comes, well, then Brendan, how do you hear the voice of God? How do you learn about his character? Um, and that's through reading the word. That's a huge portion. I love that you said, as you said it best, Mark is like, of course, our faith is not built on the fact that we have to read the word of God every day, but that desire should come from the fact of how much, you know, how much power is in the word of God, you know, the affirmation, the truth that is in the word of God. I believe that there's so much mis uh, what is it called? Misperceptions. I'm saying that wrong properly. Uh, but there's so much confusion in the church right now is because we're so many of us are listening to preachers uh, instead of reading the word of God and testing every word that is said. And so much of our theology is built just on man's word and not God's word as well. But just as important as reading the Bible is prayer as well, prayer and fasting. Uh, prayer and fasting is essential to our faith. And so if you're struggling with certain thoughts, if you think it may be spiritual, and this is my, my recommendation to anybody who's struggling with anxiety or depression, if you've done your part, right? If your physical exercise can be a great way to kind of release some stress, getting sleep, eating food, spending time with loved ones, the Bible makes it clear that laughing is a great resource, but if you're doing all these things and for months, you're still not able to get out of this ditch. Uh, I believe that this might be a spiritual matter and that it's time, but you should always be reading the Bible as, as us as believers, but like to time to start praying as a warrior specifically against these thoughts. Maybe the Bible makes it clear that it'd be a good idea to speak to someone like an elder or someone that, that has more maturity in the faith, get them to pray over you if it's possible um, cause I have seen people that were struggling with certain thoughts and it was definitely the enemy. And by God's grace, these people were saved from making some big mistakes. Um, but yeah, absolutely practical, practical, the physical side of it. And then the spiritual side of pursuing God's character head on and hearing, like we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, I know I'm talking a lot, sorry. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Like we talked about in the beginning of the conversation, like the fear of the world or the fear of the lack of hearing the truth of God is producing such anxiety in the world in the same way as us as Christians we need to fill our lives with the truth of the Lord every day because we're still in the world, right? And so what does that mean? That just because we have the label of Christian doesn't mean that the world's still not trying to pour itself into us as vessels, especially because we're special targets of the enemy because he's so threatened by us. So that is, it's essential that we fill ourselves as vessels or we fill our cup with the presence in the word of God. Tell me what you think, 
Marcus. I want to hear because you're wise, man. I like to hear your thoughts too. Oh, I mean, just because you heard that review from Dennis, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold, man. <laughs> um, you know, I'll be honest. I with, with stuff like anxiety, it's not something that that really marked my life growing up. It's it's not something yeah. I really um, struggle with much. I would say the only time I can kind of think of of just small short episodes where probably in my time in in school, I'd say probably one of the more profound moments was like my my junior year of high school where I was literally overwhelmed with classes, AP classes, sports, uh church stuff. Uh, when I that was when I was like 16. When I was when I was 16, I was like every day, every Friday, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night serving at some capacity uh, right now i kind of yeah, learned how to lot, take man. a step to take a step back and i was so overwhelmed because yeah it was just it's the fact that i had so much uh kind of on my shoulders especially at starting, a young age man <laughs> yeah at a young age exactly that's well, rough that's all the remainings they hook you in and they kind of you know they, they, they train you for that <laughs> basic training but yeah it's not, there it doesn't go. last for two years or two months it goes longer <laughs> a little longer um, yeah a little longer um but the thing is because I was bearing, I was holding on to so much, and I was carrying so much. The quality of of the ministry and the class and the whatever started to de- depreciate with 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 each uh, compartment, right? So yes. everything I was doing was becoming of less quality. And and for me, uh, and this is more of like a personal thing. Like I hate when it's like when I do something, I want to do it well. I hate doing yes. things. Like I don't yes. like to do things I'm not good at. I, I try to avoid that. I try not to show weakness. I try to and not 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 not, not just because of a Pro, you know the flesh pride but and everything know, but more, more yeah. so yeah you glory to kind to god of, you know you want to use your life wisely of course yeah absolutely and you want people you want to show people that you're a serious person that you know you want to be taken seriously in the ministry that you have not like you're oh this person's a you know a phony or whatever so exactly, because of but, that yeah. it started going down and then i started to just getting like really stressed out so the way that i deal with that and honestly and this is not really as, as this is not really a spiritual thing it's more of a practical thing but i just learned where to draw boundaries Yes, and this could yes. this could be taken even when it. I mean, I, I took classes, I took whatever, but even with sin, like know where your boundaries are. Look at the scriptures Amen. to know where you need to yes. establish boundaries. If you need to avoid a certain genre of movies or movies in general, avoid yes. it. Draw that boundary because you. I mean, you may be the the weaker vessel compared to your buddy or your friend or your yes. you know your, your classmate. So you have to understand. You have to know yourself. You have to understand where where you struggle, and you have to draw certain boundaries. Yes. You know, yes. You That's may, so wise though. That's yeah. so wise and practical Marcus. Like people, <laughs> this is like the real world walking to the faith, right? Like it's, it's so much more than just saying a quick little answer. And then, cause it's the truth, man, it's real life serving in real ministry. And like the, the reality is like knowing your boundaries is everything. And I think what it honestly all points to, like I'm low key kind of in a season like that where I'm like way overwhelmed. Uh, and I think God has allowed it, but I know how you feel, man. But it's like at the same point, what it's producing in me, is I think like humility beyond what I'm comfortable with, but in a way that God allows it. Like the truth is, and we have to understand this as Christians is like, we are, we're humans <laughs> and yeah. our salvation comes from God and all that we accomplish. And you know, this better than me, Marcus, but like all that we accomplish is by his grace. And that is something that we have to get super comfortable with. And it's something that doesn't feel good. Right. Cause we love pride. And I'm not, I'm not saying that all of us struggle with that, but it's just part of human nature, right? Like you want to feel good about yourself and that's not sinful by any means. Right. But it's just the truth of like living as a Christian means that like knowing you're the weaker vessel, right. Is there any shame in that? I think there's integrity in knowing your limits and there's shame in, in wanting to prove yourself to everybody and not knowing like, Hey, I need to avoid this situation. 
I need to avoid these movies, these songs. And then the big thing is not pressing those expectations on everybody else and thinking that they're not as good of a Christian, you know? Yep. Oh, that's good. I love that. That was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true though. That's like the case with anxiety though. Like, and I I pray for it. For those of you, my mom humbled me. I remember I had a season where I was hearing about people struggling with anxiety and honestly, she's wise beyond what I could comprehend. I was so afraid of experiencing what people were experiencing when it came to anxiety and depression that I was like, almost like not counting it before I kind of joined in, in, in the mental health career and stuff like that. I was like, this is not, this doesn't make any sense. And she was like, Brendan, I get that you're afraid of like the possibilities of what could come in this life, but just know that you're human. And even though you don't experience this, it doesn't mean that they're any less of a Christian because they experience it. Both the stories I talked about, amazing people that love the Lord, right? And they have their struggle. Guess what? I definitely have my struggle too. And I just got to know that God will give me the grace to overcome what my barrier is or my boundary is. And the same for you, Marcus, you know, like, and that's, that's humbling because it connects us. It gives us something to relate about and it keeps us humble and it keeps us resting in the Lord. Sorry, that was a lot, but <laughs> no, absolutely. That was great. That was great. Now, did you have a, I don't, I don't know if you mentioned you had another story or cause I, I was going to ask a, another question right now. You can ask a question. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yes, so sir. as we wrap things up for, for this episode, um, yeah. I know we kind of, I mean, this question is basically some like stuff we've covered and we've we've answered extensively, but just to kind of broaden our perspective a little bit and kind of mm-hmm. um, kind of develop and ease the perspective of someone who's listening to this who may be uh, struggling with certain things, especially yeah. anxiety and, and, and these thoughts. So if there's an individual who's listening to this episode and they feel trapped, they're let's say they're plugged into a church, they attend, they they serve, they're they're they're, they're, they're serving in, in that in the ministry that God has placed them in yes. but they're, they're they're just bombarded with certain thoughts and 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 they're anxious yes. and they're, they're they haven't it hasn't been anything external but they know it's something spiritual yes what would you advise this person to do this yeah, believer this... to do just to like I'm talking like the yes. first three steps like very practical yes uh, like what is step one and then, and then go from there that, that's an incredible question again, because it's extremely practical. So for all of us like that are serving or anybody who's walking in faith, because at some extent, if you're a Christian, you're serving to some level, whether it be in the world, at school, at work, you're serving, right? And you will be bombarded with thoughts. It's part of human nature, right? Especially if you're tired, you're hungry. I want to be so practical here for a second. The Bible makes it clear, and this is an element that I love about Jesus, is he was so patient and he was the absolute opposite of impulsive. We have to be so careful as Christians to not be impulsive. And so what do I mean by that? I want you, for those of you that are listening and you're struggling with certain thoughts, you're struggling with certain feelings, please know that as a Christian, we live in seasons. This will pass. I need you to hear that as a Christian. It will get better. It will get better by God's grace because as Christians, we know that we're more than conquerors, right? That's one of the beauty of being Christian. That's kind of like part of my wrap up is like, as Christians, what, what, what is all like, what is the redemption, right? A reconciliation and struggling with anxiety and struggling with the, with the world, right? Is that the world and what I've seen from my job is that when they go through struggle, they don't have anything to turn to. So they turn to methods that kind of patch it up, uh, but it doesn't make it better in the long run. It actually makes it worse. And that's what the Bible preaches about sin is that we think it's making things better, but it's not. Um, what the Bible teaches us is that when we struggle, we have Jesus and Jesus gives us the answer. He gives us truth. And he not only gives us a purpose in our struggle, in our suffering, which is the great, one of the greatest gifts that you can be given. Purpose is so wonderful. Purpose can help you endure through every circumstance. A person who doesn't have purpose, I believe, and that's one of the struggles of America is that so many people don't have a purpose. 
They have a lack of purpose and that's why they're depressed. That's why they're anxious. So if you're a Christian and you have a lot of free time on your hand, I challenge you to go serve. I challenge you to go volunteer, to be, get busy and cause yourself to be a resource for the kingdom of God. And you might see how much peace that brings you. Um, but I'm kind of going on a rant here. But what I wanted to say is that as a Christian, we have purpose that is given by Jesus and that we have faith and confidence that all that we endure, he's using to build character in us, to regenerate us, to cause us to be more like him. And that's evident. I mean, for us, for those of us who have been Christians for quite a little bit of time now, if you look back, you laugh, <laughs> you, you know, this Marcus, like we yep. laugh at the things that we were struggling with back then. And it, it's, it's comforting to know how good our father is, because I know that all that God has allowed in my life, all the blessings to this point, it is just by his grace. I told you guys, I was a bum uh, by, by Jesus's grace. He's completely turned me into a new man. And that's just all glory to him. But that's the case for all of us. So if you're struggling, please know that it's just a season. God will give you victory if you continue to rest in him and to be obedient, pursue his voice and be obedient. And please don't make any impulsive decisions. Do not make any impulsive decisions. If you're strong with anxiety, if you hate yourself, if you feel like, and this, I'm just going to speak just super direct here. If you think that you're not good looking, if you think that no girl or boy will ever love you, you think that God doesn't have a purpose for your life, that the future is just pain and suffering and struggle in the name of Jesus. That is not what he redeemed you for. He redeemed Amen. you to be a new creation. He redeemed you for him to be, for you to be his, his image and his light only by his grace, right? Not by anything that we could do, but we are called on this earth to be an image of who he is so people can come to the gospel, come to the truth of who he is. So yes, there's struggle. Yes, there's suffering. Yes, there is anxiety. And we can, for somebody who struggles with that or has more questions, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll clear up if I offended you in any way, but please know for all of us that are struggling, our answer is in Jesus and he's refining us and using all of that to make us more like him. And what is more beautiful than that, right? Amen. I love that, man. That was awesome. Now, now this is going to be my final question. I know you ended off like, like, like the, the finale of like a trilogy right there. It was awesome. Uh, but I do have one more question because I believe we've been kind of giving a lot of these listeners the benefit of the doubt that they're, yes, they're, they're serving faithfully and they're struggling with these thoughts. How about we have the same exact situation, but let's say this young person or person in general uh, has a lot of sin in their life. They're living in sin. It's something they can't really shake off. Um, how would you tailor your answer to, to, that, to that individual. That's, that's a good point. And so for this, and this is something that I think the Lord has been like putting an emphasis on my heart to kind of teach our youth here in San Antonio is like, so often we just hear sin, 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 sin is dangerous, sin is evil. But it's like, guys really think about what sin is. If we're living in sin as Christians, God, first off hates it because he's completely holy, but he also hates it because he knows what it does to his creation. And so if you're living in sin, know that like, that's going to produce a horrible life. And I've seen that lived out in a lot of my friends over the years that kind of walked away from the Lord. Like if, if, if you think that you're hiding it well, or you think that, that you can kind of step away from it whenever you want, just know that sin has more consequences than we could ever imagine. It is the truth. And so if you're living in a season of sin, if you're struggling with the secret sin, especially please find, find grace in Jesus, repent and walk in victory because it will, it will bring consequences in your life that are just not worth it. And that's part of why it breaks his heart so much is that sin is so deadly. And I challenge all, all us young people to really do a study, if you can, in the word of God, to see why God believes each thing is sinful. Just know that God is a father that does not just make rules, even though he has authority to do that because he's God. But he's so good in the fact that he gives us rules that he knows the deadly consequences of those sins. And it reaffirmed my faith, honestly, to see why all the things that he hates so much are so evil because of the death that it produces in life. I can speak, or I, I hope not, this is not tra too transparent, but for those 
uh, young men or young women who might be struggling with watching pornography or stuff like right like because that's in the dark right and some people i've heard a lot of people turn to this for a sense of comfort or control right people can't see you do that they can't observe that and you might think that you're hiding it well but trust me it is producing death in the future of your life and that is why it's so important to come to christ and for all for us that's why it's so important every morning to humble yourself and to come to, to come to the throne and say, Lord, reveal anything in my heart, like David says, that offends you, Lord, reveal it because it's for our own good and it's for the glory of God. And so if you're some people and you brought up a great point, Marcus, is like maybe some of us are, are struggling with anxiety because it's not anxiety. Maybe if we have rational fears about our future because we're stepping away from the Lord. And so I challenge anybody who's having certain thoughts, go to God and, and really analyze and pray and and fast because it's a blessing to our life in so many different areas and really hear his voice and in all ways no matter what if you pursue the lord no matter what you're going through it will bless your life was that a good <laughs> amen there we go yeah there we go we added a a, a fourth movie right there yes uh, <laughs> i kind of got into a, a something but <laughs> that was good that was good well thank you so much brendan for 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 being on here i i, I can truly say and i don't i don't say this lightly because uh, yeah I, I don't like to say, say things lightly because because then they have less meaning uh but i truly think like like god has anointed you for like special things in the future and i think just like every word like and and it's you may be saying the word but it's the holy spirit inspiring it i think i think it's laced with something that just brings encouragement and comfort to to the people that you talk to so i i I truly think this is going to be a blessing all glory to god thank you so much I think it's going to be a blessing for everyone who listens to it. So I'm like, I'm literally so excited when this episode comes up. But thank you so much, man, for being on here. I, I truly appreciate it. Of course. God bless you, Marcus. You're the man too. And honestly, this ministry, I got to brag on you a little bit too now because you're so kind. But this, <laughs> this honestly, like, I got to tell you guys, I know we got to wrap this up. But like, Marcus came to San Antonio for one of our little uh, like conferences. It was a small one. Um, but he approached me. And for those of you who don't know, I'm related to, to Emma Guro, right? Uh, or Emma Madalita now, because she's married. Um, and she was like, Brendan, do you know who that was? <laughs> and I was like, he's like this really nice guy. And he asked me if I wanted to be on this podcast. And she's like, Brendan, that's Marcus Leonescu. <laughs> and I looked it up and I was like, wow, praise God. So I'm so humbled. I'm honored to be a part of this show. And God bless you, man. What a good ministry. Amen. And, and talking about that night, I remember because we were sitting with a couple of our California people in a row. And you preached that Friday night. And then I, we have we had like a group chat of all of us staying in the in the Airbnb, and I texted yeah. that group chat in the middle of your sermon. And I'm like, I'm getting this guy as a guest. Like I literally just texted it, <laughs> and then and then Praise I think God. the next night I went I went up to you. Um, but uh, and then uh, yeah, it, dude, it was a blessed time, and I'm I'm glad that we got to connect, and I, I'm excited Amen. to I'm excited for our ministry paths to cross in the future. I think I think God's Amen. gonna be there. He's gonna ordain it. He's gonna just be with us every step of every step of the way. Amen. Yeah, all for His Amen. glory. You're the man, brother. I love you. Love you too, bro. Love you too. Um, now, as you mentioned, if if people want to find you out there, if they want to maybe just look through your photos or I don't know, whatever they want to do, they, yeah. if they want to somewhere on the internet, social media, whatever you want to, whatever you want to plug, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys got to forgive me. I haven't been as as uh, as on top of social media as I should be. But if you can find me on Instagram, if you want to like message me about any questions you have about anxiety, I would be honored to answer any questions. But my name is Brendan Topley. Uh, if you look at my last name, it's, it's, I'm, I don't think there's a lot of top leans here in America, but T O P L E A N. And then just Brendan is the first name. Um, yeah. And I have curly hair. Hopefully that helps you find out who I am. <laughs> don't worry. I'll, I'll tag, I'll tag your Instagram on, on my post. So they'll be able to find you through there as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Any, any questions I would, I would love to help out to the best of my ability. So I'd be honored. 
Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Brandon. And thank you guys listeners for for sticking around for for listening. And I hope I hope this conversation has been truly beneficial for your life as well. So just a couple of ending announcements. Like I've stated, Instagram at the Potter's House for any and all updates, Spotify and uh, Apple Podcast. Please leave a review if you want to make my day like Dennis did earlier. And um, the website, thepottershouse.com, it'll be updated soon in, in these next few months with with more uh, options, content, and all that. But for now, we have the we have the the long sleeves over there for for T for T. So, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you next time.